Welcome to Feed Your Health, a weekly podcast with your host, Morgan Shepard, where we'll be taking a deep dive into the big dial movers of health, focusing on movement, nutrition, and stress management. You'll get tangible takeaways, tactical knowledge, and exclusive stories to inspire and empower you on your transformational health journey. Let's get thriving. Welcome to the podcast. Today, as per usual, I'm recording this from the closet, which I don't know if I've mentioned to you people that I actually do all my recordings from the closet, which is a very tiny space. And right now it's kind of dark because it's 630 in the morning. But here we are. Today, I wanted to talk about the restrict and binge cycle. And there's a lot of times that this comes up in the dieting industry and in the process of desiring to lose weight. And I think it's important to touch on because I went through my own journey with it. And while I feel like I have a good handle on my ability to eat in moderation, there are occasions where I go to the extreme and navigating either end of the extremes, so restriction on one side and overindulgence on the other, or binge eating in whatever capacity that is, that's sort of, you know, it's important. We got to talk about it. That's what we're talking about today. And I'm going to talk a little bit about my experience with that, as well as just some knowledge that I have about it and ways to navigate that journey within attempting to lose lose weight or fat. Okay, so what is restriction and what is overindulgence? Basically, when you're looking at the dieting industry, a lot of people have been on this journey for a very long time. And in order to lose weight, we all know that in order to lose weight, you need to be in a caloric deficit, which means that you need to be eating less food than you use for energy. You need to be consuming fewer calories than you are burning so that you are burning fat from your body. However, the dangers of that are that you risk overdoing it. As I mentioned last week, I talked about chronic dieting and how if you are in a caloric deficit for a long extended period of time, your body goes into a state of stress, thinking that this is all the food that it's going to receive and that it has to function on this low level of calories and therefore it slows down your body's processes to compensate for the fact that you're not feeding it enough food. Not to say that you should never go on a diet, but recognize that any diet out there, if it is restrictive, if it is lowering the amount of calories that your body needs to survive, that it is causing stress to your body. So ideally, in a perfect world, if you're going to be attempting to lose fat, then you should be eating enough calories to support all of your systems and maintaining them and eating enough calories that allow you to feel able to function in the world. You should have sufficient energy. You should have good sleep. You should not feel fatigued or exhausted or depleted. You want to consume the minimum amount of calories that you need to feel good in your body while still being in a deficit. But restriction is also known as deprivation. They're very similar. It's essentially meaning that you are not allowing yourself to have, whether it's more food or specific foods or foods that you think are quote unquote bad. And it often looks like, you know, you start Monday really good on your diet and you are limiting all of these things 
You go through Monday, Tuesday, you're still limiting all of these things. Wednesday, you're kind of feeling like, okay, this is hump day. I don't know how I'm feeling, but like I'm getting a little anxious because I haven't had all these things that I'm restricting myself from eating. And then Thursday is like baby Friday. So you kind of cave a little and then Friday, Saturday, Sunday, it's the weekend and you're just like, fuck it. I'm gonna have whatever. I'll start fresh on Monday. That is living in extremes. So you are depriving yourself of all these things and then being unable to hold that for a long period of time and binging at the far end of the week and then starting the cycle all over again. This system does not work. And it's not about your willpower. It's not about, <laughs> oh, I just wasn't disciplined enough. Because extremes beget extremes. If you're pushing yourself into an extreme of deprivation, you are guaranteeing that you're going to fall onto the other end of the overindulgence and binge cycle. It's not about trying harder or having more willpower to control yourself throughout the week. And I think this is where we get hung up a lot because we think, well, if I just don't eat the chocolate or if I just don't eat the ice cream, then I'll be okay. But we live in a world surrounded by an abundance of these foods. I mean, and I hate this. I absolutely hate this. But you go to grocery stores and depending on what neighborhood you're in, they will have different qualities of food. Some neighborhoods will have healthier foods and some neighborhoods won't. Some neighborhoods will have all the cheap junk food readily available, but you can't find a vegetable, a piece of broccoli, some corn. That is one of the biggest obnoxious things that I think this world has going for it, that we don't provide adequate food resources to everybody. But that is a whole other tangent. <laughs> Today, we're not talking about that. I think we get hung up on the idea that there are good foods and bad foods. And we feel like in order to be successful at losing weight, that we can't eat certain things. And I don't agree with that. While I myself am a vegan and I limit lots of different things in my diet, I don't do that because I think these things are bad. I do that because I've learned what my body needs and what feels good for me. And also, I have some other moral and ethical reasons. But if you're looking at food from a good-bad perspective, you're putting morality onto food that it doesn't have, you know. We're not talking about veganism here, but we're talking about like vilifying chocolate or vilifying ice cream or pasta or chips or french fries or burgers. I still eat all of those things and I don't feel guilty about it. For sure, I'm not necessarily in the same position as some people right now on my weight loss journey or body transformation journey, but I don't vilify foods because I look at them as nourishment, as fuel, and I try and focus on nutrient-dense foods that I know are going to fuel my body and give me the things that it needs to perform the processes that are necessary for it to function at an optimal level. For me, that means eating more vegetables, more quality sources of protein, more starchy carbs that my body does not have trouble processing. But it took me so long to figure that out. You know, I would be one of those people who would go home and sit in front of the TV and eat three bowls of mac and cheese and a pint of ice cream and wonder why I felt like crap and had no energy. The key isn't in depriving yourself of junk food. 
It's finding that middle ground and learning to trust yourself to be able to eat in a way that allows you to have these foods while also achieving your goals. So when you look at the dieting industry, there's a lot of restriction and deprivation binge cycle diets that essentially they will take you on a crash diet, you'll lose a bunch of weight, but you won't be able to figure out how to continue eating in today's world after that. And I think that's where a lot of difficulty comes in because we don't know how to eat sustainably. We don't know how to eat in a way that supports life. Like we're here to continue living. And I think part of life is enjoying food, is enjoying the deliciousness of food. And obviously I have mentioned before that I am a foodie. Pretty much a lot of my life is spent finding the next best vegan restaurant to eat at. It brings me joy and I'm okay with that. So basically what I want to share is that when you're putting yourself into a restrictive diet, you're literally setting yourself up for disaster. So if you stay in the messy middle of either extreme without overdoing it and without restricting yourself, we essentially call that eating moderately. So you are aware that you could eat more, you could go on either end, but you found a way to stay in the middle. And this also really touches on the idea of all or nothing. I've talked about this in the past. The all or nothing mindset essentially is that if I am going through my day and I'm eating healthy and avoiding these junk foods, and then suddenly someone comes in with a tray of cookies and offers me some and I deprive myself for like an hour or two and I'm like, no, I'm not going to have a cookie. I'm not going to have a cookie. I'm not going to have a cookie. And then finally I have a cookie and I'm like, oh my God, I had a cookie fuck it, the day is ruined, let me just eat 10 more. That is the all or nothing mindset. That is basically saying that I failed because I ate a cookie and now I can throw in the towel and give up completely and start again tomorrow. Staying in that cycle doesn't serve you. It only brings you feelings of shame and guilt and just sometimes self-loathing, but it, it doesn't make you feel any better. And those feelings don't make you feel any better. They just make you feel worse. So then you do it again. But what if, what if you just had a cookie and said, hey, I'm going to have a cookie and that's okay. And you had the one cookie and then you went about your day. And maybe tomorrow, maybe tomorrow you had another cookie because there were also cookies. So you get to the end of the week and maybe every day you've had a cookie. That's better than you having 10 cookies on one day and restricting yourself and then binging again and then restricting and then binging again. And I know that going from one mindset to the other mindset is a challenge, and that's obviously why we're here to talk about it. But as I always say, it starts with awareness. Beginning to pay attention to your food choices and why you're making these choices and how you can navigate that is the key. You know, you will always come up against roadblocks. There will always be obstacles that you're going to walk up and be like, oh my God, I don't know what to do. Or maybe I do know what to do and I don't want to. Or maybe I'm not in a good place emotionally and I've been triggered and like, I need this. But finding a way to pay attention and not function on autopilot, which I think a lot of us function on autopilot when it comes to food. One of the things that I really want to focus on within my coaching is to help people get out of autopilot. Bring awareness, bring mindfulness into your eating habits. Staying in the messy middle isn't easy. You Some days you'll overdo it. Some days you'll have more than you should have. 
But if you learn what your body's craving and learn when you have trigger times, these things get easier because you understand what you want, what your body wants. You begin to learn about yourself and like you notice patterns. It's really cool when a client finally notices a pattern that they've been doing with their eating and they might write to me and they'll say, hey, I didn't even know I did that. And just the beginning of that, the knowledge that they do this thing is a step forward in the process because they're able to step away and be like, oh, I do this. And then the next time it happens, they can be like, oh, there I did it again. And then each time that you pay attention to it and it happens again, you can sort of begin to create space between when you start thinking about food and what your next steps are. And when you choose to eat, are you choosing restriction? Are you choosing deprivation? Or are you choosing overindulgence? Or are you choosing moderation? And learning to ask yourself what it is that you really want to achieve and will making this food decision play a role in that? Will it affect my goals? And I think sometimes we feel like all of the little food decisions that we make are so important and so we have to put so much pressure on them. But what if we didn't? What if we just said, you know what, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kind of meander along making good choices and decent choices and, and we'll be okay. And whatever happens, we'll be okay. Because we have a goal in mind and not every day has to be perfect. That is a lot of what the restrict and binge cycle is. It's people feeling like they have to be perfect all of the time and being unable to because perfection is impossible. I should know. I'm a perfectionist. Being a perfectionist sets yourself up for failure because you always set these expectations so much higher than you're able to achieve. And you don't have to. That's the cool part about this whole thing is that you think that I have to restrict myself. You think I have to not have these things. But if you only learned how to do it in moderation, and that is hard, yes, absolutely. It requires a lot of trust. But it feels so much better. There's less pressure. And that also reflects into when you're paying attention to body changes and the scale and numbers and all of that. Letting go of the idea that I have to lose two pounds this week. I have to lose two pounds next week. And the only way that I'm going to succeed is if I keep losing pounds. Your body weight fluctuates. You could go up and down anywhere from three to five pounds in a day because of what you eat and your stress levels and your exhaustion levels and just all of these things. Don't put so much pressure on a number. Easy for you to say, Morgan, you're not trying to lose weight. Okay, but I'm speaking from my experience with overeating and being addicted to sugar and being obsessed with pasta and being a baker for a number of years where I had access to free pastries and unlimited coffee beverages and sandwiches and muffins and cakes, and desserts and chocolates. And you have a little bit here and you have a little bit there and then you have some more and oh, those are going bad. Okay, I'll eat those. Oh, I have no time to make my own food. Let's just eat all of this because it's what's available. I lived in autopilot. Because I was so exhausted and I had no time to make anything. And I hadn't figured out how to navigate my work and my personal life. And I didn't understand nutrition. 
And I don't think that you need to understand nutrition completely from a scientific perspective, but I think having a basis of knowledge is absolutely useful in this process. Because if you are aware of where you get nutrients from, which ones are necessary, and how to create a balanced meal that will provide all of these things for you, then you can begin to look at food as fuel. Which, I do that because I'm now an athlete. But I think making that mental change of just eating to eat because I'm supposed to, because it's time, or because something is available, was one of the biggest changes that I made in the way that I thought about food. Now, obviously, I still love to go to dinner, I still love food adventures, but not everything I eat is focused around the experience of food. I still try and make everything delicious because I'm a chef, so I have that ability, but I think anybody can do that. I also wanted to touch on this idea of learning to live and eat moderately, getting out of autopilot, beginning to pay attention, having awareness of what you're eating. And something else that's kind of really important is the idea of abundance and scarcity. And I think this actually comes up a lot when people go to restaurants because they feel like, oh, I'm at a restaurant. This is a special occasion. I should treat myself. I should have an appetizer. I should have a main course. I should have dessert. And I'm with someone else so I can share all of these things with this other person. And that's great. But when you look at food as fuel, you know that you don't need that much food. That's not saying that you can't order it because you absolutely can. But knowing how much your body needs is part of understanding nutrition basics. So portion control, knowing when to stop, especially in America when portion sizes are so big, it can feel like you're restricting yourself if you don't eat the whole thing. But this is where moderation comes in. You still get to eat, but you don't overdo it. So eating just enough to be satisfied, but feeling like you could have more, but you don't need to. And it is absolutely okay to request, to ask, hey, can you put the other half of this in a box? I do that. I've put half my appetizer in a box before I even got my entree, knowing that I don't need all of it and I can take it home and have another meal for later. I paid for this. I'm not leaving it, but I will take it home and eat it later. And it is okay to do that. Don't worry about other people's judgment of whether or not you're eating the whole plate. My mother was one of those people. She is one of those people. She's a clean your plate person. And while I love her, I think that's a very bad mentality to have. There are absolutely people starving down the street, the unhoused person on the corner. But you cleaning your plate isn't going to give that man food. So don't waste it because food waste is such a big problem in this country. But take it home, have it for lunch the next day, whatever, dinner, breakfast, whatever you want. But when you're looking at a meal in a restaurant, remember that the restaurant isn't going anywhere. I mean, it is possible the world is changing and things are not as profitable as they used to be. But from the idea of abundance versus scarcity, you can still go to a restaurant. There will still be food available for you. This is not the last time that you get to have this dessert. So you don't have to have the dessert if you don't feel like the dessert or it doesn't fit your food for the day or it's not on your plan. Don't feel like you have to have it because you might be missing out. People get FOMO around food. 
a lot. And I, I know, I used to all the time. I'd be like, well, I'm at a restaurant. I have to have dessert because who knows when I'm coming back to this restaurant. And you know, I'll tell you something though. And this is something I've learned. Restaurant desserts aren't as good as you think they're gonna be. I don't know. I'm always disappointed, but maybe that's because I was a pastry chef. Anyways, but the idea that if you don't have it, you won't get to have it again, or you'll miss out on having it. There is an abundance of food in the world. There is an abundance of desserts. There is an abundance of chips and all of these things. You will be able to have it again. So stop living in scarcity. Stop feeling like if I don't eat this now, when will I have it? I'll never get to have it. It's the same way that I don't have popcorn in the movie theater. That also ties into habits. You know why people have popcorn in the movie theater? Habit. Because somewhere along the lines, they started doing this thing. And now when they go to a movie theater and they sit down in front of it, they feel like, oh my gosh, I need something in my hands. I need to be putting something in my mouth. We do this at home too, when we sit in front of the TV and we eat without thinking. There's that autopilot again. You're just putting stuff in your mouth without even paying attention to what you're doing. You don't need the popcorn in the movie theater. You can survive those three hours, yes, they're that long these days, without eating. It's not for fuel. Now, I'm not saying restrict yourself, but you don't need the jumbo size. Get a small, share it with your friend. But also, don't do it every time. If you're seeing movies all the time, it's not as meaningful. It's not necessary. You're coming back, you're gonna see another movie. There'll be another opportunity. Getting out of that extreme of abundance and scarcity, you will still be able to have these things again. Something else that I've sort of brought up a little bit um, is the practice of giving yourself permission to have a little bite. It could be as simple as you feel like you really want dessert, but you don't want the whole dessert. So maybe you guys get a dessert, you and your friend, and you only take a few bites. And that's it. And you leave it. And you don't even take it home. You get enough to satisfy your craving. And then you stop. Because we're not overindulging. And we're not feeling deprived. The key is to not feel like you need it. You know? That anxiety of like, oh my god, I need this food right now. I'm not going to be okay. It's like drug addiction. And that's sugar for you, honestly. Sugar is addictive. That was one of my challenges in my journey was finding ways to step away from sugar, which could be a whole other episode. Finding ways to eat moderately and giving yourself permission to have that one cookie. I have an Oreo after dinner and I calculate that into my day and I plan for it. And I also know that when I get my period, I am craving ice cream. So I will most likely eat a pint. But it takes me a week, which is amazing for me. I used to finish a pint in one sitting. I am so proud of myself for my progress because I never feel like I need to eat the whole thing now. I have enough and then I stop. And I can only do that because I have learned to trust myself. I've learned to tune into what my body is telling me that I need. And I have to mention, as I mentioned last week, that sometimes you aren't able to tune into those signals because either you've been eating junk foods for so long or you have some other kind of issues that are affecting your hormones and they've affected the signals that tell your body that you're full. You may not even know that this is happening to you. So this is also why working with a coach is super important because they can help you figure that out, but not necessary. 
So I talked about giving yourself permission. I talked about eating from the mindset of abundance versus scarcity. I talked about staying out of restriction and deprivation and staying out of overindulgence. Something else that has really helped me with my sugar journey was that I practiced finding healthier alternatives that were less indulgent than, you know, a full pint of ice cream. And it didn't fully satisfy the itch, but it took the edge off. So I might have some frozen berries with maple syrup and cool whip on top instead of ice cream. Or I might, back in the day I, when I ate yogurt, I would have yogurt with berries in it. I don't buy the pre-mixed fruit yogurts because they have too much sugar. But if you bet the plain yogurt and you do it yourself, so much better. But yeah, so finding a way to eat something that is less indulgent so that you're going to get out of feeling deprived but not quite go over into feeling overindulged. You have to figure out what works for you. But planning these little cheats, I don't like calling them cheats because you're not cheating, snacks that are going to help satisfy your craving while also staying in the middle lane. And that you can have some and not feel deprived, not feel guilty, not feel like you've overdone it. Because once you feel like you've overdone it, then you're back in that cycle of, oh my god, I've overdone it, I'm feeling shame and guilt, and now I need to restrict myself. So the key is to stay out of both ends and stay in the middle. And your middle might vary in size. You might get really close sometimes to deprivation or indulgence, and it'll take a while to navigate that. But, you know, we don't all walk in a straight line right away. <laughs> Practicing having these little snacks that are slightly less indulgent or, you know, for example, my mother loves popcorn. I'm not a popcorn eater, but she loves popcorn. And popcorn for her is a great snack because it is not indulgent for her. It keeps her from having that anxiety around food, meaning that she's able to take the edge off by having a little popcorn. It's not overdoing her fats or her sugars or salts or anything like that. So she's navigating this middle ground by having popcorn. So figure out what your foods are that you can have that don't push you to either end. And I also, I go back to the sampling of the dessert and then leaving it at the table. You can do that at events too. So if you go to the buffet and you want to taste everything, first of all, recognize that you don't have to taste everything at a buffet because you're not missing out. There will be another buffet in your lifetime and you will get to have those things again. And if somebody made something that you really, really, really wanted to try but you didn't get or you're worried that you won't get, you'll just make friends with them and have them make it for you later. Don't look at it from that scarcity mindset. But if you are filling your plate with a little bit from here and a little bit from there and a little bit from there, having a tablespoon of something or like a handful of something versus a big plop of something, a big pile, is going to keep you in that middle ground more, you know, you're not overdoing it, but you're going to get some. You're going to try it. You're going to see how it is. Got a little sample, but you're still walking that line. One thing that we forget that can be challenging is when you are beginning to trust yourself, when you're beginning to give yourself permission to have these foods that you're afraid of because you've judged them, called them bad, you said, I couldn't have these things. Going from the world of restriction where things aren't allowed to being okay with having things and still not overdoing it. That takes a lot of learning to surf the disappointment of not going all in. 
So if you do get that dessert and you only take three bites and you don't finish it, sitting with the sadness of, oh my God, I'm not going to finish this. And I feel really bad about it. And I really wanted to finish it, but I'm not going to because of my goals. There is disappointment in there, and that is absolutely a valid feeling, and we've all been there. But knowing that it's okay to feel that disappointment, and that that feeling won't last, and you can sit there with that feeling until it goes away without having to cave in and have the dessert. I think that's a lot of like learning to be uncomfortable and being comfortable with being uncomfortable. Because we're not talking about deprivation or restriction. I'm not asking you to say, no, I'm not going to have this cake. But I'm saying, I'm not going to have all of this cake. And being okay with that. That's a, that's a hard one, you know? I, it's, yeah, it's hard. But this journey is hard. You're choosing this journey. No one said it was easy. Life isn't easy. And that's a lot of like staying in focus mode. Not going into brain shutoff mode, not going into autopilot. Don't just eat it because it's there. Be very conscious of your actions and think about your goals and just satisfy your flavor craving. Recognize that it's not hunger that is driving you to eat this cake. It's a craving, which I'm going to be doing a whole webinar on cravings and how to master them, conquer them, overcome them. Because I think cravings are one of the biggest things that people on this journey struggle with. Late night snacking becomes an issue. I think it's important to learn what the triggers are, why these things happen, what to do about it, different strategies to handle it. Anyways, I'll be doing a webinar on that in maybe three weeks. I don't want to put a date out there yet because still have some work to do on that. But basically, when you're eating this cake, you're trying to take the edge off and navigating the feelings that come up when you stop. It's challenging. So one thing that I have my clients do is to practice noticing and naming what you're feeling and just pay attention. We don't pay attention enough to the process of eating. I talked about mindfulness. Mindfulness is essentially when you begin to focus on all of your senses and how you're experiencing something and being extremely present with what you're doing, intensely aware of what you're sensing and feeling in that moment without judgment. Slow down and give yourself the chance, the opportunity to make a healthier decision for yourself. Take ownership of your decisions. This is your journey. And the biggest takeaway from this whole thing, trying to navigate the deprivation indulgence scale and how to stay in the middle, eating moderately, making these choices and letting go of food and not having things and then having a little, navigating this whole thing. The biggest question that you can ask yourself isn't, is this working? Did I do a good job? Did I restrict myself? Will I lose weight because of that? No, instead it is, am I learning? Am I learning about myself and my habits and my behaviors? And what can I do with that information? I talk a lot about being the scientist of your own life, looking at yourself and your habits around nutrition and even around working out and movement and all of that as a scientific journey of exploration and figuring out what works for you and what doesn't. Because nobody else is living your life. Nobody else is in your body. You know you better than anybody else knows you. And if you were to say that the only way that I'm going to make this weight loss goal a reality is to restrict all of these foods for the rest of my life, nobody fucking wants to live like that. That's awful. What is the point of that? So finding a way to be in the middle ground, eat moderately, enjoy things while not going to the extreme, that's the key. 
And obviously, sometimes this is a really hard thing to navigate on your own. So if you need a coach, I'm here for you. I do offer one-on-one services. You can find my link to the application in the show notes. And yeah, so I just want to leave you with a little thought about self-trust and how you're comfortable with the restrict and binge cycle. It's what you know. If you're a chronic dieter and you've been trying to diet for years and you've been restricting and binging and eating and all of these things, this is your comfort zone. It feels safe. You feel like this will work because you've been doing it for so long. But what if you tried a new way? What if you said, this isn't working. This doesn't feel good. It brings on these feelings of shame and guilt and just, ugh. What if you tried a new way? What if you allowed yourself the permission to work on your relationship with food, advocate for yourself, to not blame anybody for the choices that you're making, but rather take accountability, take ownership, know what your limits are, learn them if you don't, begin to pay attention, practice getting out of autopilot around food, start noticing these things. And as always, thank you so much for listening. I hope some of this was helpful in some capacity. I enjoyed it. And I will talk to you next week. If you found this useful in any way, leave a review, a rating, all that jazz. And I'll talk to you next week. Ciao!